Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I am here with my co-host, JC. That's me. And yes, you are. It's such a pleasure to be back here in 2024. Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. uh, 2024 is going to be another interesting year moving forward for all of our our listeners and and people. (laughs) Um, You know, one thing that I get a call on all the time as the HR lady, I'm an HR consultant, is, you know, small companies will call me and say, I'm too small to have health insurance. So I wanted to give some advice today of how to help your employees with medical care even if you don't have a health insurance plan. Go ahead, JC. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, Now that it is 2024, Wendy, we do have to just be cognizant of one thing. And ladies and gentlemen in the industry, it's going to sound a little crazy, but stay with me here. If you add two plus zero plus two plus four, you get the number eight. And the number eight actually resonates with authority, self-confidence, inner strength, and inner wisdom, social status, ego, and at the same time, It's a love for humanity and a desire for peace. So this is a big year. This is your year. And this program is going to help empower you to be all that you can be. I love it. I absolutely love it. It really is. You know, we have so many great guests uh, scheduled for this year. And I just want to get people to know, like, just because you're a small business of 12 people, 50 people, even 70 people. Yes, there's laws associated with healthcare, and there may or may not be fines associated with that too. But you don't necessarily have to have an amazing healthcare program or a healthcare program at all. I would prefer if you did, but let's face it, many of your employees may not even want it, or they have health insurance through maybe another family member, the vet, or that maybe they're a veteran, right? And they have health insurance through the veteran option. So there are so many other options, though, to start looking at as a small business or even as a large business, because just because you're a large business and you have health insurance um, plans doesn't mean your employees can still afford to get it. Right. Or they get the crappiest plan because it's the most it's the cheapest, but they still can't actually utilize it because they don't have the money for the deductible. So not in any kind of order. I'm just going to start, you know, throwing out some options. And then JC, I think you've done some research too, that we can talk about. So one of the things that you may want to consider is um, looking in your zip code, uh, where your employees live or your zip codes. And especially if you're remote about um, community health uh, centers or clinics, they may be called a clinic where anybody can go. Some of them, may require them to prove that they make less than x amount of money and if they don't the cost may be different but i actually have clients that um are community health clinics so they're very very good services you may have to wait a little bit to get a scheduling but if you could just have that offering for your employees especially if you are in a poverty area they may already know about it but they may just be sitting there scratching their head saying how do i get you know my vaccinations Um, they could also go to the state as well where they can just go to a community center that is you know run by the state government does that make sense it it does you know interestingly compounded with that when we think about like our benefits cards and and things that you have for discounts at different stores believe it or not if you go to AutoZone with your benefits card yes you could definitely get oil cheap and that can help you get a more cost-effective oil change But don't walk into AutoZone asking to change your own oil. It doesn't work out. 
Stop by an urgent care clinic in your area. They provide cost-effective alternatives to emergency rooms and non-life-threatening medical issues, and they have nothing to do with auto care. Don't conflate the two, okay? I had a, <laughs> I, I've got friends. I got friends. They, they went in. They get their pharmaceuticals from, like, the grocery store. They're asking, why can't I have a health care plan through this grocery store as well? If I can get the medication here for $7 instead of having to pay 300 then, then why do I even need the health insurance? Why do, well, this is the way it's set up. It's the things you have to do. They don't have doctors yeah, at the really grocery is. store. It's, There's no doctors at the auto care center. That's all I'm telling actually, you. Actually, in, in many grocery stores, there are doctors and clinics well, and urgent care clinics, you know? Good <laughs> so, point. Good interesting, point. That, <laughs> interesting that you say, at least where I live anyways. I'm not saying that should be your primary health care, you know, but I just went and got a, a, a vaccination and I went to a grocery store to do it. <laughs> It's the wave of the future. The price I'm was right. You. The price yeah. was right. And I was like, I can get an appointment. I can get my flu shot. I can get this other vaccine that I'm out of date. Boop, let's go. And, and pick I just up some chicken and, on the way out. You know, yeah, I probably got wine. Let's face it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's good for you, too, in small doses. <laughs> so urgent care clinics, you know, are a big thing. Uh, we used to call them like doc in a box, you know. You may have to pay something X amount if you have health insurance. If you don't have health insurance, just call your clinics, your community health centers, your um, doctors in your area and say, I don't have health insurance. What's the cost? Because often the um, cost without health insurance is not as bad as we would think because health insurance is a contracted cost. So it, let's just say, I'll just say for maybe that flu shot that I just got. If I had health insurance, which I personally do not, I pay everything cash. If I had health insurance, it probably would be no cost whatsoever, but it cost me, you know, $1,500 a month to get the free flu shot, right? Wow. Versus when I call to make the appointment and they, I say, what are the costs? I don't have health insurance. They're like, oh, it's $17. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you very much. So a lot of the, the costs are, are all over the board. There's no rhyme or reason. I um, was getting... It really uh, is too bad you can't bundle that with like your car and home you probably can and you probably there are a lot of things that you know you get the triple a discount or you have this that and the other there's but then you still have to do that research i feel that our employers that are listening today should take the time and do some of that research for their employees to get say the triple a cost the cost of oh if you're a member of of this um association then you get this little card and it gives you uh discounts on your prescriptions on this that and the other over-the-counter drugs, whatever it might be. So really just, you know, asking and then starting to write down on, you know, an Excel sheet, a Word document, a PowerPoint, whatever it is, here are all the potential um, uh, discounts and coupons and rates that you, the employer, can get by just giving them this code or this card. And it's not technically health insurance. It's a coupon or it's an association. Um, The place that you probably don't want to go and uh, to be treated to be treating it as a regular doctor is an emergency room uh, that truly truly is for an emergency and it is going to be incredibly expensive if you start abusing the emergency room for you know your regular provider now do, does that happen unfortunately jc it does happen many people say i can't afford health care i don't have insurance so i'm just not going to do anything until you know 
something hits the fan and then I'm going to go to the ER and the ER cannot turn you down, but they can give you a giant bill. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, direct uh, primary care. I'm not yeah, familiar so with that. I used to. Yeah. So I used to have a direct primary care provider and um, uh, she retired during the pandemic. So then I had to think of different options. So direct primary care, and they may call it something else as well, is where the doctor does not take in health insurance and you just pay the doctor directly. It's kind of like a membership. Wow. Okay. On a monthly basis. And then they're often based on age. Um, uh, you know, there's age ranks and age categories, but there is no insurance. The doctor who I had for a couple years on that was basically, I, I just would call it it's basically easier to say like a retainer. I paid her X amount and I got up to three visits a month. I got virtual care. I got very customized care. The thing that I loved about it is I was the only patient in the office when I was in there. Oh, it wow. was me and the doctor. That's it. Now, some of them, there might be a bigger staff than that. You usually see that in a, in more well-to-do areas. Um, and I'm definitely not rich, but it's something that was working out for me at the time that I needed it, going through certain female things that females go through. And it, it was really great at the opportunity, um, the timing that I needed it. And my doctor knew me very intimately because I my doctor's appointment was one hour every oh. time. And I was like, whoa. You're getting whoa, your money's worth what? right there. The actual I totally appointment, got my waiting. money's worth. And I felt I felt really, really cared for. But it's not an um it's not an affordable option for everybody. But right, you might right. have somebody in your area that there's some kind of special going on. So check it out. You said that um, they do it by age, right? Like do yeah, they it's also usually do it? age based because if you're twenty it's let's face it, JC, so is health insurance. Yeah. If you're twenty years old, um, or you're 30 years old, your health insurance costs uh, are pretty low. If you're 50, 60, 70 years old, your health insurance costs, and I'm not talking about Medicare, but, you know, is going to be much higher. The benefit of having a a, um, a company plan is you, you take that away. You combine everybody's age and everybody's risk into a pot. And then the company says, okay, we're going to, we're going to pay this on behalf of everybody. But let me just tell you the companies that have a lot more younger people, which by the way is illegal to hire people that are under 40 only. But if your company generally has a lot more younger people on your health insurance plan yeah. or the potentially to be on there, your health insurance is going to be cheaper. If you have uh, older people, and I'll just say 40 and older, um, on health insurance plans and you know the majority of people are over 40, 50, 60, your health insurance as a whole uh, for the company is going to be more expensive. It's the same way individually, but it's based on the individual and not based on your coworkers. That's age. Uh, that's a fascinating model if we start to think about that. So if you have your executive core, your leadership core, and they just so happen to be older in age, but they keep the pay scales and pay brackets low so that it's good for entry level and maybe reaching like a mid-career type status, but you're not going to go much further, you're essentially forcing people out the door so that you continuously get a younger group in to keep the health care load to then feed the executives. Oh, good. Yeah, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think I Trust worked me, for an employer like that before. Yeah, a lot of a lot of companies have done that. A lot of companies, uh, we're both, we've talked about it in our in our um, our EEOC lawsuit, uh, yeah. you know, uh, sessions. But 
you know, it, it's, it is it, this health insurance thing. I'm a health light uh, licensed health and life insurance agent. And so in theory, I can sell health insurance. I, it's not the reason I'm licensed. I do it to protect my employees so that a broker doesn't take advantage of them. But I do understand the nitty gritty of it and the details of it. And health insurance is it's an it's an American thing. It's complicated and it's probably unnecessary, but it made somebody rich and now we keep having it. So we won't go down that conversation. Let, let me ask you something about state and local health departments. Uh, it's been said before that they do provide income based health services and it's like on a sliding scale. That's a thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, the state and local health departments, the community health clinics may be related to the state. They may not. They may may be a nonprofit. They may be a for-profit. So they're all different. But generally speaking, usually the ones that are related to the state and then usually one that's a charitable organization, but not always, are often the ones that are there for people in poverty that say, okay, you don't have health insurance and you're, you have a job, but you can't afford their health insurance. But for folks that are listening today that say, hey, not all my, my employees are in poverty, these things can still be an option. You might just be paying the top uh, scale, but it's still going to be much lower than, you know, going through a traditional health plan individually, um, you know, through the Affordable Care Act or through the employer. Supplemental insurance through the employer or through the. Oh, yeah. So, so this is, this. um, yeah, this is one of my favorites here. So, I, like I said, I'm a health and life insurance agent and I'm signed up with Aflac. There are a lot of other supplemental insurance companies that are similar to Aflac, but most of us know what Aflac is, at least saying, oh, I kind of know. It's something oh, about a duck. duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The duck. Well, funny. <laughs> so, um, Aflac and other supplemental insurance programs are things that an employer typically has to sign up for. And depending on the plans, um, most of the plans in most of the states, you have to have three or more employees sign up for it. So if you don't have three or more employees sign up for something that then those companies such as Aflac may not take you on. They may, but they may not. But these are not traditional insurance. What it is, is um, let's all just say this when I used to play flag football, um, because it was a, a company sponsored event and I was in charge of planning it and organizing it. And of course I quickly broke my finger because <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I had accident insurance. Oh. And so I went and got my finger repaired and then I turned the receipt into Aflac and they sent me a check. No now the check is based on the injury. It's not based on what I paid. So whether I paid $10 uh, because I had insurance or I paid $1,500 because I didn't have insurance, uh, Affleck said, nope, for that injury, I'm giving you $150. And so it's a way to come up with like some extra income. And the income is yours, not the employer's. The only negative about this, there's a couple of positives and negatives, is that for the most part, the employee could only sign up through payroll deduction. So the oh. company has to do it. But then you could usually take it with you if you go. Oh. And then you just pay the whole amount. But most of these companies, the employer has to set up a plan, even if the employee is paying for all of it. So for the folks that are listening today, talk to your agents, talk to your brokers, go to your HR associations and find out, okay, who do we have in this group that can help me set up these, comp these type of plans? They have disability plans. They have life 
life insurance plans. They have, you know, accident plans, hospital plans. My, I myself it's, have a hospital indemnity plan really through Affleck and then cancer as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Yeah, critical illness like cancer. Please talk to me yeah. about that. It's one of the things that like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to risk not having health insurance because I have all these plans set up in case something happens. Um, but one of the things that I've never been willing to risk is cancer care, just because it's so scary that I have had a cancer care plan for, geez, I would say 20, 25 years now, um, if not longer. And I get a little bit of money every year when I go get my cancer exams, whether it's my female exams or my skincare exams. And then I get I get money back just for going to get that exam. And so it motivates me to go get my yearly exam. Um, in that case, it was, you know, a cancer plan, but there's all these other things too. Um, and when I first signed up for it, it was through an employer and then I just ported it and took it with me when I left. And so it was a benefit. Uh, for my employees at the time, I was the HR director, and then I ended up taking it, um, and then I actually ended up going and becoming a health insurance license so that I can help other companies. So there's a lot of things out there, folks. Just think outside the box. Yes, are they a pain to set up and negotiate and everything? Yeah, a little bit. But once they get they get up and running, you can now brag in your job ads and your careers page. Look at all the awesome benefits we have for you to choose from. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can because they're here and we. We make them available to you. All right. I got two for you. I need to ask you about, especially from that employer perspective and, and consulting with them. When you're thinking about prescription assistance programs or health savings accounts, talk to me about that. These are big benefits, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the prescription assistance programs could be with or without health insurance. So uh, that's the that's a really cool thing. Most health insurance companies have a prescription plan with their health insurance plan, but not all of them. Some of them say, no, we're going to carve out prescriptions and you're going to pay for that on their, on your own. Uh, the employee usually gets some kind of discount card with it. Um, or you can say, we don't have health insurance at all, but we have enrolled with, you know, this prescription company, whether it's, you know, Walmart online, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, you name it, the local grocery store, here's your card, you could bring this to them and they'll give you 50% off. Um, You know, speaking of prescriptions and grocery stores that we kind of started talking about this too, is you can you know, with insurance or without insurance, shop around and then make sure as the HR person, you're doing some of the pre-shopping around saying, hey, in our zip code, um, CVS has the best, um, you know, uh, prescriptions and you can go in there and they gave us our own card and you can just give this to them and they'll automatically give you a discount. So it's going to be different everywhere. So it is unfortunately on the HR person a little bit to do some of that, uh, that, uh, you know, research, but most of your HR associations in your zip code, somebody has already done that. So get together and share that information. So everybody knows this grocery store has this prescription program and we want you to use it because it's cheap and we already did the research that, that's for you. kind of the same with the EAPs, right? Yeah, employee assistance program is uh, a little bit different. So, but this is an employee assistance program is another thing that you can buy for your employees outside of your health insurance program. So many 
companies and many people think, oh, you can only get an employee assistance plan or employee assistance program if you have health insurance. That is not the case at all. Um, It usually gets packaged with it as it added on service for your health insurance plan. But if you don't have health insurance, you can still go and get an employee assistance program for everybody in your in your organization. And you only pay uh, you, the company only pay once an employee uses it or they just get a discount or something like that. This was very, very, very hot. Um, in the beginning of COVID for sure. And EAP use is starting to come down a little bit more since the beginning of COVID. But the younger generations are actually really relying on EAPs because they're not afraid to ask for help like the rest of us have been taught to hide all of our pains. The younger generations are like, hello, I need help. And you shouldn't, as an HR person, be helping your employee through their depression, their mental illness. You know, they they really should be going to a professional. Um, even if you are one, you shouldn't be representing them as a doctor and as their HR person. Does that make sense? Yes. Send them to the EAP. The one last thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, before wrapping up is something like bartering or trade services where you can, you know, connect with a local healthcare clinic or a doctor and say, I mean, I did this myself as well at one point in time, you know, like, okay, I don't have enough money to pay for this dental or my employees don't, uh, we don't have dental insurance, but we're going to help this company over here with their plumbing because we're a plumbing company and they're going to provide our employees with a discount on their primary care, just their, their and x-rays and their cleanings twice a year. Barter, just make sure if you are bartering, you still both sign a contract so you know exactly what you're getting on each side and you don't feel like somebody's you know gotten gotten less than the other company with that said everybody who's listening today please don't just give up on health insurance or health um i should say health benefits because you cannot afford a health insurance plan or your your employees have decided no we're never going to pay for this because we get it through somewhere else or we just don't feel that's a good point of our our um spending our money think outside the box all the way down to making sure you have educational material available for who can or cannot be on medicare or medicaid in your organization and the other thing I wanted to tell you about, which has nothing to do with health insurance, but if you're looking for a quick and enlightening way to start your day, consider checking out JC's podcast, Interesting Things with JC. It lasts two to five minutes uh, every day, and it's perfect for fitting into your busy work week. Very educational, very informative. And half the time I'm walking away laughing so hard and it helps me just get on with my day. So you can easily find him on all podcasts podcast platforms or by visiting jimconnors.net thanks for joining us oh.